You're listening to the ministry of Potter's House Church Wandsworth, a Christian Pentecostal church based in South London, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our call is to reach the lost, make disciples and plant churches. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk. verse 30, Matthew 6 verse 30. Some of you, many of you know that uh, me and my wife, we was away. Um, We went to the uh, Bible conference. And so a little bit before, a little bit after, I took my wife away. It was uh, her 40th birthday. Amen. And so she looks 20, that woman. She's beautiful. And so, um, and so I thought, you know, this year we're going to go away. I'm going to take her out. And so uh, we went to New York a little bit before. And then afterwards we went to uh, Florida. That's where my dad lives. And so I uh, kind of packed that in. But during, dur- during my trip, um, I, I didn't go to the – usually when I'm in England, I go to the gym every day. Monday to Friday I go to the gym. Monday to Friday, Saturday and Sunday is my day off. And so as I was away, I thought this year I want to try and maintain this, this regime that I've built up. So I didn't go to the gym every day, so I'm going to confess, but I did go to the gym a couple of times a week. And so one of the days I was in the gym, it was about six in the morning, and so there was a, a few guys that had gone from um, the Rotherhive Church, and they'd gone to the conference, and I've known these guys for years. And so we was in the gym. And so if you've ever been into a hotel gym, it's just a very simple little gym. But it had two TV screens, one on one wall and one on the other wall. And it has these two TV screens. And so one of the TV screens has the sound up and the other TV screen had the sound down. And so the one with the sound up was playing uh, the news. Oh, sorry, was playing a sports channel, ESPN or one of these sports channels. But the one with the sound down was playing the news. And so here we are, I'm in the gym working out. And so subconsciously, as I'm waiting for uh, the guy to finish his sets of uh, exercise, I'm just looking at um, this screen. And on the screen, I see this tall guy trying to break through these security guards at the airport. And so here he is, he's, he's, he's running through the airport and he's trying to get through the security guards and I see him trying to fight his way through and, I, and I'm listening to this screen, but as I'm watching that screen, they're talking about a basketball player called LeBron James. How many have heard of him? Okay, and so as I'm watching this, here is this tall guy breaking through these security guards and I hear them saying, there's issues with LeBron James and for a split second, I forget that the sound is coming from that screen. And as I'm watching this screen, I'm like, why is LeBron James doing that? Because LeBron James is a millionaire, multi-millionaire. And I'm like, I'm fixated on this screen. Like, why is that? And then I realize, hold on, hold on, hold on, no, no, no. The sound is coming from that screen. This is where the sound is coming from. And I'm looking at the sound, looking at the visual here. How many know that's confusing? Now, you may say, well, you, you know, you should have figured that out. But... When you are watching one thing, but listening to another thing, it can cause problems. And I want to start this series, we've called it uh, a Father in Heaven. And many times in life, we can be looking at things, but still listening to another voice. That we can be looking at our life, but we're listening to another voice. 
that we can be looking at church, but we're listening to another voice. You can be looking at things like calling, but you're not actually uh, 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 listening to this voice. And what, what, what I'm saying here is the voice that many times we can be listening to is as we're looking at our life, but we're listening to this voice of the world which is speaking about religion. Or we can be looking at church, and as we're looking at church, but there's another voice speaking to us and saying, this is, this is all about religion. Or even when it comes to things like our calling in God. Listen, every single one of you here has a calling from God. Every single person here. Look down your row and say, you're called to do something for God. That's right. You're, every single person in this place, God has placed some type of calling on you. But I want to tell you, you may look at that thing, but if you're listening to the voice of religion, it's going to leave you very confused. See, when you're listening to religion, you know what happens is, just like I was, I was confused. And maybe some of you have come into this place today, you're a bit confused about life, about church, about calling. I believe God's going to help us today from Matthew 6, verse 30. Let's read this. The Bible says, Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? How many know we do worry about those things? The Bible is so current. For after all those things do the Gentiles, the Gentiles means a non-believer, seek. For your Father, for your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things that he's just spoken about. What should you eat? What should you wear? Where should you live? What should you drink? God knows we need those things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, what you should eat, what you should wear, where you should live, all these things shall be added, given, provided to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. Meaning you've got enough to worry about today than to be worrying about tomorrow. Let's pray. Father, we ask you right now for your anointing. We thank you that we can be in your house. Father, we thank you for your presence, the worship. I thank you for all the faithful believers that are here today. Father, I pray that you would start this series with your spirit, with your approval. Father, that you would speak to us, that you would save those that are here and they don't know you like that. Father, that you would we all need you in some way, shape, or form today. I pray that you would meet with us. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let me start by saying this, and we're going to get into our text. He, he, this whole text that we're reading about, not worrying and everything, and as I was reading it, the key reference, the key thing is when it speaks about God. And it speaks, and it calls him Heavenly Father. And I want to say this, make this statement so many times, many of us, we're trying to live for God, but without God. We're trying to live for God, but without God. What I mean by that, many of us, we're trying to do the right thing. But we've got to understand it's only through God that enables us to do the right thing. We're trying to live for God. See, we know religion, but do we know the Father? See, this is where it comes from, where my illustration is that we're looking at 
church, we're looking at one screen, but we're hearing religion speak to us. We're looking at church, but all we do is we hear religion speak to us. And it's a voice. And what we've got to do is understand, I need to turn up the other and turn down the one that's speaking right now. Jesus' number one mission, number one mission, is to bring you to the Father and to bring the Father to you. That was his number one mission. Jesus says, no man goes to the Father but except through me. He's basically saying, it would be like me, you're in uh, 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 Wandsworth, you're, you're in Southside, and we say you want to go to in, and we say, well, you've got to go, you know, you've got to go up Garrett Lane. That's it. Garrett Lane is the way you want to go. Straight up Garrett Lane, you'll get all the way. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And you may be halfway because Garrett Lane feels like a long road. You may be halfway and there's a few twists and turns. But as you're there, you say, I'm still not there yet. And we just say, keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. We know if you keep going on Garrett Lane, you will eventually get. How many know you eventually get there? That's what Jesus is. That as you get saved, what Jesus wants to do, he says, I want to bring the Father close to you. Jesus did not come to give you religion. See, man had religion before Jesus. How many know man had religion before Jesus? You can search the planet and you'll find uh, 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 remnants of different religions. People uh, in South America, they had a way of worshipping God. People in Africa had a way of serving God. People in, in Europe, people talk about, oh, you know what, Jesus and the Europeans. Listen, the people in England, this is what, Christianity weren't their religion. You know that. Go to Stonehenge, that was their religion. Dancing around the stone. That was their original religion. And then the gospel is brought here. And so the reality is we look all around the world. Man has religion. But what man didn't have is to know God as father. And so Jesus is like, I need to bring the father to you and you to the father. See, there is a different dynamic when you know Jesus to know the father. There is a, a total a different understanding See, imagine you was a son of a king that would make you a prince or a princess. And so you, but you didn't know it. And so you visit the palace. And as you're walking around the palace, you're about to touch something. And they say, listen, don't touch that because you might break it. And so you know not to break things. But that's all the rules. Once you know, hold up, no, 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 no. You actually don't break it because it belongs to you then it becomes a different experience. You still don't want to break it, but you realize why you don't want to break it. See, there's too many of God's children walking around, not doing things, but not understanding why. Because that's what religion will do. Religion is don't touch this, don't touch that, don't look at this, go here, go there. And so we believe and we follow religion, but we do we understand why. The reason why is because you are a child of the Most High God. He is your Father. See, this is the issue with sin. And this is why sin is so wicked. Sin stops us from knowing God, but it doesn't stop us from knowing about God. Sin stops us from knowing God, meaning sin affects your relationship with God. But sin don't affect many times your knowledge of God. You may know, have you ever met people that know their Bible, but they ain't living for Jesus? You ever met that? Some of you may have an aunt or an uncle who's going to church from a long time. Then you come back in and say, yeah, I'm saved now. And they're saved. 
I know about being saved before you was born. But you was like, I ain't seen no saving you, man. You talk a good one, and they start, you start the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my, they know it all. You start the Lord's Prayer, our Father, what in heaven? And they know it all. But the reality is that where sin really affects us is not the knowing of God, but it's the knowing God. What that means is sin does not just affect, sin's primary effect is not your knowledge. That means you could be sitting here and really know a lot about the Bible. But the issue is, do you know him personally? Are you walking with him? Did you get up today and be like, Father? Is that how you, you spend life? You know, I was with my father uh, Friday afternoon. Because that's when we, we left Orlando, we went to New York, we had to stay over in New York and then fly back to uh, London. We literally flew back, landed this morning and came to church. And so, and so if I'm tired, I'm blaming the jet lag. But here I am speaking with my father. I can say to you, to you I was just speaking, I was just with my father on Friday. I was with him. That's not an intellectual concept. What that is, is I was with him. That's a reality to me. He's real. When you and I speak about God, do we see him as that? Is this a reality or is it just an intellectual concept? That in your head, you have this idea of God. And then you have this ritualistic behavior that plays out. But... Do you know him? Do you know him? See, because Jesus came to bring us revelation. If you've been around church world for any amount of time, you'll know that revelation is, you know, people talk about, yeah, I've got this revelation. Uh, I've got this revelation. I understand this revelation. And you, you need to get revelation. And the word revelation is, means revelation, means to reveal, to reveal something about God. Revelation is for relationship. Let me prove this. When you're in relationship with someone, when a guy and a girl meet and they really start to like one another, they start to tell each other things that they don't tell others. How many know that's true? How many know it should be true? <laughs> and so what they're doing is they're revealing stuff about themselves that others don't know. They're giving revelations. Now, how many know you need to trust someone before you start giving revelations? How many know you don't just reveal your bank account? Amen. And so the deeper the relationship, the more the revelation. And so revelation is to help you to get a deeper relationship. And as you get a deeper relationship, God gives you more revelation. I'm scared of Christians who are constantly telling me they get revelation, but they're not getting a deeper relationship. See, the revelation is God has revealed himself to you. See, once you come into church, God reveals himself and he says, listen, I'm here and I want to save you. That's the first revelation we all get. How many know that's the first revelation we get? We come into the house of God. God gives us a revelation. Listen, what you're doing right now is not pleasing. Some of you are getting that revelation today. By the end of this service, you're going to get a revelation from God, and he's going to touch your heart, and he's going to say, the way that you're living your life right now, I'm not in agreement with it. 
It's actually, I know you think it's okay, but I don't think it's okay. And God's going to give you that revelation. And then what he's going to do, he's going to expect you to actually say, well, I, I, I got the revelation. Now I want to start a deeper relationship with you. But it's not just for the, the first time person. This is why we come to church on a Wednesday and a Sunday. It's because God has given us another revelation. How many know he gives us revelations? How many know we could just go through the week just talking to people, talking to your husband, talking to your wife, and anywhere you want to talk and you feel justified, yeah, but she did that and he did this. And then you come into the house of God and God reveals something, you're like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. That's a revelation. And what do we do? Then we, God wants us to come and say, you know what, God, I'm sorry. I'm going to repent. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to fix my relationship with you because sin affects your relationship with God. See, if you don't fix that situation, you know what, what happens next week when you come? You hear the same revelation again. Now you're praying, God, I want to know you deeper. I want to know you more. I want more of this and more of that. And God's like, no, 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 hold up. I've given you a revelation, but you've not fixed the relationship. So I can't move forward until you deal with this. Go to that person and say, story. Or stop doing that. Get rid of that boyfriend. Stop. And God keeps speaking to you on the same thing. And he cannot move forward because he says, revelation is to help relationship. Once you deal with that relationship, God gives you more revelation. See, this is why the people that God was closest to, they get revelations. This is why if you have a prayer life, you read your Bible, you live holy, you get revelations about God. People that come early, they come early to pray. They, they want that relationship with God. God is revealing more and more to them. We see it with Abraham. Abraham is close to God, so God gives him more revelation. Moses is close to God. He gets revelation. How, how many know, this is a Bible test, who, who is the, the disciple that was closest to Jesus? It was John. If you know your Bible, it's John. Who wrote the book of Revelation? John. Because the closer you are in relationship to God, the more the revelation he will give you. See, do we understand, you know what, God, you're revealing things to me. It's so that I can build a revelation. Listen, revelation is not so that you can pump up your chest and be a Bible big head. Hey, did you know? Did you know? No, I didn't, as he goes. But did you know? See, Jesus wants to help us out. Matthew 6, verse 27, Jesus says this. He wants to help us give us a revelation about the Father. He says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns. He says, listen, they don't work like that. They don't invest. They don't have any barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? God is, uh, Jesus is revealing the Father, and he says, understand that the Father always takes cares of his creation. This is the nature of the Father. That when you know the Father, you know he takes care of his creation. See, I know I'm his creation. How many believe you're his creation? I know that I didn't come from an accident. I didn't come from a monkey. I didn't come from a single cell organism. I know that God created me. I believe that God created me. It's the only logical explanation of my existence because we do not see anything complex made by something less complex. 
or something intellectual made by something in less intellectual. We've never witnessed it in all of society, in all of history, in all of humanity, in all of nature and biology. And so I believe that God created me. And as he created me, as I know him as father, then I know that he will take care of me. He takes care of me. When you know God as father, you realize, hold up, he's going to feed me, nourish and support me. Think about me and my wife, we were uh, at a restaurant one time, we was eating outside and there was a, uh, some of the food was left on a plate and but just out of nowhere, birders came down, took the food and stole it and ran off, flew off. And I was thinking, really and truly, birds have, you know, we, they don't really need us to help them. They don't really need us to feed them. I mean, we, we have pets and all of those things. You know, people say, save the birds and all of those. Listen, really and truly, uh, yeah, man corrupts things and messes up things, but God is always taking care of animals. They're all, you know, they, they, that's it. They're just being fed. God is like, the Bible is saying, you need to understand this is something about him. This is something about who he is. This is something about the nature of God, that he is one who takes care of. This is who he is. Jesus says this, Matthew 7, 11, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Jesus has given us another revelation about the Father. He's saying, you and I are sinners. Can we get an amen on that? Amen. He says, me and you are broken. Sin has broken us. Now, if I was to say, if you was to indulge me for a moment, just work with me. If you're a parent here, would you stand up, please? We're not going to ask you to do anything else. You're, you're a parent. Wow. Look at the parents we've got. Think about this now. All, all of these people that are standing up, these are parents. Now, if you are a perfect person... Remain standing. Some had, to, some had to be convinced a little bit. That, that, how many know they needed a revelation? <laughs> Think about this. For all of these people that stood up, 99% of we know them, we would say they're good parents. They work. They take care of their kids. Their kids are clean and fed and clothed. They love their parents. They love their children. They're, they're doing the best they can. Most people, most of us have come from okay homes. Think about this now. None of, no parent is perfect, but parents are still able to love their children. I was out with my dad on Thursday, and so I was going to buy something. For myself, I just wanted to buy this thing. It's in America. It's cheaper there. I was going to buy it. It's a few hundred dollars. He was like, no, son, I'll buy it. I said, no, Dad, I'm a big man. 46. No, 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 I'm a big man. I, I don't, you know, don't need Daddy to be buying me things no more. He said, no, son, 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 let me buy that. I said, Dad, I've got it. He said, son, I'm buying it. I said, you know what? All right, Dad. I'm not going to fight you. When we go to the restaurant, the same thing. I said, like, Dad, let me pay for this. No, 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 son, I'm going to pay for this. Now, I didn't, even, I didn't grow up with my dad. 
my dad, uh, you know, that, that relationship didn't work with him and my mom. Um, I didn't grow up with him. I didn't live with him. He moved to America. He used to come over every year for a few weeks. So really, I've seen him very few times. But he's still my dad, and I'm still his son. Is he a perfect dad? No. Is he the best dad? Well, he hasn't been, maybe. But even him, trying his best, still wants to take care of me. Now think about this. This is the revelation God wants you to get. He says, if broken people know how to love, how much more does a perfect God know how to love? If broken people know how to love, every parent here will tell you they struggle with pride, jealousy, envy, lust, greed. We all struggle with it. We all go through these things but they're still able to love. With broken love, that love is still being able to provide. God is like, think about my love. That's like, if you're a parent here, let me say this to you. Take your love, times it by a billion, 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 and a number that man of my stature cannot fathom, figure out, or even pronounce, and you're only now scratching the surface of God's love towards you. You're only now scratching the surface of his love. Now, how many know we need more of that revelation? See, when Jesus was showing us this, he's saying, listen, you better understand that God supports and takes care, that God loves. This is what you need to know. This is why I'm saying so many times in church, People do not know this. They're not hearing this. They're coming to church and they're looking at church and they're looking at ministry and they're looking at their lives, but they're not hearing this. They're hearing religion. And that is not God's plan for us. See, without this revelation, God says you're going to live like the Gentiles. You're going to live like non-believers. He says in verse 32 of our text, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. If you do not know God like how I've described him, see some of you here, you're like, yeah, 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 I know it. I'm like, yeah, I got that. But let's, if we examine your heart, really, you live like how the Gentiles live. You live like not much different sometimes, and we can all be honest with ourselves, we worry as much as sinners worry, or unsaved people worry, or people that don't know God worry. That we're concerned and living like the Gentiles and seeking those things. I want to tell you that there are two lifestyles that you can live, and every single person is living one of these two lifestyles in here. It's not a black lifestyle or a white lifestyle. It's not a rich lifestyle or a poor lifestyle. It's not a man lifestyle or a woman's lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of a person who knows God as their father and a lifestyle of, of a person who doesn't. You may be a churchgoer, but you still might not know God as your father. You're going to live a different lifestyle than a person who does know God as his or her father. And he says, 
There is a Gentile lifestyle. You only have to look in Cosmopolitan magazine and you will find the Gentile lifestyle. You only have to look on at the programs and the music and all of these things and you will find the Gentile lifestyle. And they will tell you, listen, you better understand the FTSE 100 and the NASDAQ and the S&P and all of these things because this is what determines success in life. But I want to tell you, that's the reality is if you are living without the understanding that God is your father, you're living the Gentile lifestyle. And you may get things and have things, and we're not against that. But let me tell you this, what, this is the problem with the Gentile lifestyle. The Gentile lifestyle produces worry. That's the, that's the real problem with the Gentile lifestyle. See, this is, where the, this is where the rubber meets the road. When you know God is father, you don't worry. If you don't know him as father, you're someone who's always worried. You're always worried about your future. You're always worried about what's going on. You're always worried. See, when you know, see, we're not talking about what you have, what you drive, where you live. We're not talking about material things and all of that. It's none of my business. It's none of the church's business to talk about those things. These things are all relative. You know what we're here to say? Do you know him as father? Because if you know him as father, you're going to be free from worries. But if you don't know him as father, if you're just hearing religion, you're looking at your Bible, but you're hearing religion. You're looking at ministry, but you're hearing religion. You're going to end up, you're going to realize that the Gentile lifestyle, it produces worry. It starts to affect your thinking. You realize that you're always anxious in your mind. That's because you don't know him as father yet. You're always anxious about what's going on. It will start to come out in your speech. Yeah, but what about this? What about that? It will start to come out in your lifestyle is that everything will become an excuse. It will be like, hey, sis, let's, you know, let's chill here. Let's, let's, let's have a good time. But it's like, no, no, no. But the, the, we see it with Mary and Martha. Here is this woman who's always anxious and worried about this and worried about that. Always an excuse. No, this has to be done. If this house is not done, if this is not done, what if someone... Uh, listen, 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 listen. You'll, you'll make up things to worry about. Things that haven't even happened yet. Jesus says, listen, today has got enough things to worry about. But how many know 90% of what we worry about has not even happened yet? 90% of what we're worried about hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, but what if I get... What if I, but that hasn't happened you start to make excuses. Wives, husbands, I don't have time. Well, who's going to pay my bills? I mean, that's how we are. That's how, if we're honest, that's how we are. Hey, listen, boss, ain't no one paying no one's bills up in here, you know. I know, I know. But the reality is, is that we start to make excuses. Why we can't do the will of God. Why we can't spend time with our families. Why we can't enjoy the brethren. Why we can't do these things. Because the reality is, is that we're living a Gentile lifestyle. And the Gentile lifestyle, listen, it, it, it may make you look good, but inside it don't make you feel good. It looks good on Instagram, but it don't feel good in the heart and the spirit. 
Listen, some people that you lust after on Instagram, and I don't mean sexually lust after, I mean you want their life. You look at that, oh, I wish I had that, I wish I had that. You don't know how depressed some of those people are. They may have 20,000 followers, but they do not have one day of peace, some of them. Everybody likes them, but only Jesus can help them. See, this is, this is what it's getting. This is where Jesus is coming. Jesus is not condemning anything that we have. He's condemning if it has you. Look what he says. He says, all of the things that the Gentiles seek, he says, I'll give them to you. It's not like he said, no, 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 let's have nothing. Live in a ta- potato sack. Go under the Thames, under the arches. Live under there. Follow me. That's not what he's saying. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen. Know that he's your father. He takes care of you. He's taking care of you. You know, the, the, the irony of it is that in all of our stressing and working and all of these things, 90, 99% of our success is him doing it. It's not even us doing it because we, just the last sermon I preached before I went away was, the, was where the Bible says he gives us the strength to get wealth. You're, you're, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. All we need is one virus to hit you and hit me. All of those plans are over. As I was in the conference, Pastor uh, Mitchell, nearly 90, he's just there. And he, and he speaks about his health and how he claims that over his body, health. Here's a man who's living. See, Once you know him as father, it sets us free to serve God. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. If you've been to this church for any amount of time, you've heard me say this so many times. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. Listen, until, and and this is the revelation I got. God gave me this as I was reading this. Courtney, sometimes you're, trying, you're preaching to people to seek first the kingdom, but the problem is, is they don't know me as father yet. See, seeking first the kingdom is produced from understanding that you've got someone who's taking care of you. See, I don't just get on a plane and land somewhere without no hotel, nowhere to stay, nowhere to... I mean, no, that'd be foolish. Because I've already booked my hotel, I've already planned for this, I've already worked out that. When I go to Florida, I know where my dad lives, I've already discussed it, he's going to put us up, he's saving us some money, we're staying in his house. Because my father, I'm trusting, listen, when I get off the plane, I get in the car I rented and I drive to Palm Bay and I'm here in Florida, my dad's house is there. That's why I'm operating like that. See, God wants some of you to understand, listen, seek first my kingdom. As you put my kingdom first, understand, as you arrive there, I'm already here prepared for you. I'm already here. When you land, I'm already here. Some of you, God is challenging you to take a leap of faith. But you won't jump because you can't see the other side. You have to understand your father is on the other side. When you get there, he's there. See, God says to Abraham, sacrifice your only child. Have you ever read that and thought, wow. Whenever I read that, it scares me. 
Because what's God maybe asking me to let go of? You ever read that? I thought of my days. Because he didn't ask him to get rid of crack. He said, yeah, lay down the crack pipe. I mean, no, that would be, we'd understand that. You know, just put down the weed, Abraham. All right, the Rizaline. We'd understand that. That would make sense to us. But God said him, lay down this thing that I gave you. This thing which is a good thing. And Abraham says, all right, son, we're going, we're going to go sacrifice to God. The son says to, Ab- says to his father, where's, he says, I see the wood, I see the knife, I see, you know, what's going on in here, but where's the sacrifice? You know what he says? He says, God will provide. He says, God will provide. See, he knows. We, we just got to move. At the end of it, God will provide. See, some of you right now, you got to start saying, God is going to provide. God's going to provide. I'm going to work. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to labor. But you know what? And all of it, God's going to provide. If it's a recession, God's going to provide. Some of you are studying Brexit all day. All day. What's going on? Brexit. Brexit. Either we're in or we're out, God will provide. God will provide. You do, you go to college, you do your best. God will provide. See, once you know that he is your father, it frees me to do the will of God. See, if I didn't know God as father, I would not be here pastoring. I would not have given my best years. When I say my best years, when I had the most energy. I came here when I was 30. I've been here 12 years. I'm 46. Well, I've been here when I was over 30. Those are your best years. That's when you can really start to work in your career and do things. But I'm like, you know, God will provide. It's not that I'm lazy or just want to do my own thing, but I believe God will provide. (laughs) See, the last revelation that we get from what Jesus wants us to know, he speaks about the birds, we read it, but at the end of it he says, are you not of more value? Are you not of more value? I want to tell you, you're more valued than any bird. How many know that? Maybe you're here, you love animals, you don't eat chickens. Listen, you're more valuable than the, that, that thing in Nando's. How many know you're more valuable? God says it. God says you're more valuable. See, until you know the Father, you don't know your value. You know, sometimes we, we feel unvaluable, so what do we do? We want to add value to our lives. So if I wear this or drive this or act like that, I'm more valuable. If I put, you know, I know we say, put Gucci's name on me. Now I'm more valuable because Gucci's on it. His name is on it. Listen, if you enjoy that Gucci belt, enjoy it. But don't try to add value to yourself. You're not more valuable. See, what makes me valuable is I know the Father. I know my value in his eyes. See, some of us that were born what we would say is first world poor, we've gone without, we've, had this, we've worn the stigma of poverty. Some of us are trying to remove it with more and more things. But the problem is, you know what, that, that, that stigma of poverty is not removed with more things. We can put you in this car, you'll see someone who's got one grade up. <clears throat> yeah. You buy the most expensive car, You've got 22-inch rims. You see someone with 23-inch, whatever. You're like, one inch more. No. Because your value doesn't come from those things. 
I'm not saying don't have it. I'm saying that will not affect your value. Sometimes we've been told, you know what, you're there, you're there, you're this, you're that. The value, when you understand the Father, who the Father is, not religion. I come to church, I go home, I come to church, I go home, I come to church, I go home, I'm in ministry, I'm in church. But do you know your value? Your value is knowing who the Father is. Not only that, he says in the second text I read, how much more will God take care of you if you know how to take care of your child? How much more? I want to, um, I don't know if we can see it on here. We may need to turn down these main lights, but I want to show a video quick. Many of you have probably seen this video, but I want you to look at this video in the light of um, what I've spoken about today. So whenever you're ready. Redmond running the 400 meters and as he's running he gets injured you'll see him now he's injured he's out of the race he'll never win there's no way of him winning look at him there he stops it's over the race is gone but he says you know what I'm going to continue. I may have been down, I may have made some mistakes, but I'm going to keep running. That's how some of us are. This man behind, that's his father. They tried to stop the father, but the father says, listen, this is my son, I'm his father. God says, if this man can do this, how much more does your heavenly father do this for you? You've made mistakes. You feel like you failed. You know who those people were? They were the officials. That's religion telling you to give up. But the father says, listen, it's not about religion, it's about me and you. We're going to make this together. Gwe. as father when you fall when you struggle when you look at the bills and the money and the job and the education do you realize that he's going to come to you when you can't make ends meet he'll make those ends meet I want every head bowed every eye closed We hope you've been blessed, edified and challenged by the sermon to reach the lost and make disciples. For more information on what we do and who we are, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk.